0: My guest is Adam Cooper. He's the founder of Gas Mob, and the, the website is gasmob, M-O-B, dot C-O. So, Adam, how are you doing today? You're good. Thanks for
1: having me, Richard. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here and discuss uh, Gas Mob. So, uh, wherever you want to take this, let's go.
0: Yeah, yeah. Tell me, what, what's the premise of Gas Mob?
1: So, the premise of Gas Mob, uh, I guess, coming back from the, or going back to the beginning days, uh, you know, I grew up in Manhattan where every gas station was being bought out by the real estate companies to kind of build some high rises and get better use of the property um so there was a very short um i would say uh environment of gas stations in Manhattan where basically there was probably three to five left in all of the city and you know everyone was having a problem finding gas stations getting in and once you found it there was just long lines so i had this idea to like have the on demand uh fueling In Manhattan, however, through my finance days, I had some partners in the oil industry who I kind of brought this to first. And they said, you know, it's a great idea, but you know, the the demographic uh, in Manhattan just doesn't necessarily make sense with uh, how small it is and the streets being small and the parking garage being tiny. And obviously it's not a a driven focused city like Houston or Florida is. So they said, we should definitely do this and let's partner up and bring it to Houston to start. So we ended up going to Houston uh, about four months ago. And we took the angle of approaching large real estate companies with huge portfolios, not only nationwide, but worldwide. And we kind of offer a custom solution as an amenity for the specific residential and commercial properties. So it's a little bit different than an on-demand model, which we are actually going to get into in the near future. However, in the beginning, we wanted to have set destinations and locations. So take a residential complex, uh, we'll be there and work with the manager. To figure out the best schedule um so take for instance one of our properties we have we're there from nine to ten five days a week uh p.m and night well so while you're sleeping we pretty much fill you up in the morning when you wake up uh you have a full cool. car full tank and you don't even have to go to the gas station and worry about the inconvenience of that
0: so all right so if i live in a particular complex um you know a apartment complex i'll sign up with gas mob and i'll say um do you, you guys, do you guys check my tank or I just tell you, hey, come every Saturday, you know, at this time, you know, you give me a window of five hours and you'll fill up my tank and stuff?
1: Um, so every every location is a little bit different, um, but just to give you a little bit of background on how the app works. So take a, one specific residential complex, let's say it's yours, um, and we have an agreement with the owner, We the, the benefit of also having an agreement with the owner is that they market specifically for us and together with us to each resident. So basically the every resident will get an email, there'll be some marketing uh, materials in the lobby, you know, added to their doorstep. And once you download the app on Android or iOS, you basically download it, you put in your profile, you add your car vehicle, your credit card, and you'll see your location. And when you choose a the location, there'll be a set price that's changed daily and a schedule that's on there. And it'll be anywhere from an hour to a three hour window,
0: depending on the property. So right now it's not on demand. It's not like help my gas tank's empty. Come. It's uh, like you know again on a schedule that I choose. Um yeah. So it's a
1: schedule that you choose. But right now there isn't any recur. We actually have had requests of uh, just having a recurring order like come once a week and fill me up. However, right now that's not an offer. So you would have to order it each week or each time you wanted it. But you lock your car. You just leave. You're reminded to leave your tank open. And once we fill it up, you get a text message and email receipt that your order has been
0: completed um, with a breakdown. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask is how do you get into the gas tank? Because a lot of them are locked. You know, you have to use a mechanism inside the car to open it. Some of them have keys on it.
1: Yeah, so most of them, majority of them, obviously, there's a very small pool that you can't leave the tank open. But most cars, you could pop the tank from inside and then lock your car. And then once we're done filling, we just close it and it's locked again. And, you know, there's really not much concern if you're actually ordering gas. Most likely, you don't have that much gas in there and have to worry about someone trying to uh, steal your gas
0: because it's open and not locked. Okay, that makes sense. I just wonder if there's a, I guess, depending on the make and model of the car, I wonder if there's a way to get in an automated way. You could work with, um, you know, vehicle manufacturers, you know, with the permission of the owner so you can get into cars without having to ask them.
1: A couple of things that are with the new tech that's coming out, not only from our end, but from other um, companies, not only the car companies, but if you even take four just launched with their new car and app, which it lets you know when the car is on empty. So we could probably eventually build APIs towards the car companies and each car is individual. And eventually, just like you could order on Amazon automatically, we'll most likely know when your tank's empty the same way Amazon will know that you're out of milk or something and automatically order it. So that's something that we're working on and we're always, uh, Paying attention to where the tech is going, but it definitely there is a bunch of different technologies that are coming out that I guess increase or I guess
0: make it less or more convenient for the consumer and us as well. Yeah, I'm from New York too, and I don't even know how people got gas in Manhattan because there'd be like two or three stations. I don't know how they'd find it and what all those people would do. But I know there's you know a lot more public transport there. But Houston or or other cities, I know it's completely different.
1: Yeah. Uh, But in Houston, you know, one of the funniest things that we've gotten from all our meetings is I guess there's a, a norm in Houston for, you know, every uh, woman um, basically asking their husband to go fill their tank up on a, on a Sunday night. And, you know, every, so every meeting I had, every woman that we met with was like, now I don't have to make my, and force my husband to go fill my car up on Sunday because one, it's very dangerous, it's dirty, it's inconvenient. And then every husband was like, ah, it's going to be a big pleasure that I don't have to go get forced to take my wife's car to the gas station. So it was quite funny walking into a lot of those meetings on the same day with different uh, companies and they all had like a very similar opinion on the topic. Yeah. yeah. So how many cities are you in right now?
0: You're in Houston or where else?
1: Probably we're in Houston and we just launched Miami uh, three to four weeks ago. Uh, so we're going to be focusing pretty much on those two cities, expanding to nearby cities. And uh, eventually, um, you know, we are constantly looking, I wouldn't say constantly, we are about to launch a uh, investment um run to see uh to get some partners on board as well and if we depending on how much we raise we will probably expand to different cities pretty quickly
0: yeah it'll be interesting to see the habits of people in different cities and all that stuff you know like miami i'm sure it's it's very different and it probably depends on ethnicity and and all kinds of stuff you know and older communities they'll do it one way and you know uh, condominiums they'll do it another way versus single family etc
1: so 100, and but the one thing like you know, depending on the economics um, and the industry, everyone drives. And right now we are very uh, competitive, and we're the same price as the local average gas station in the area of the property we're providing. And then also just to make yeah. clear, we're also doing commercial properties and also corporate clients
0: and fleets as well. What about something special for Uber and Lyft drivers? You know, people that run fleets, um, auto um, auto dealers, that kind of thing. You know, it seems like this would be a real easy way to partner with all those, uh, you know, um, definitely
1: been a topic of conversation. You know, uh, we've, uh, I actually know one of the founders of Viber who launched a competitor to Uber called Juno in Manhattan. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. Um, so I was I've speaking it, with him. And he was recommending, you know, a lot of these, most of the Uber drivers are all the same Lyft drivers and Juno drivers. And he said, one of the best angles is that he said at a given time in JFK airport or the Guardia airport, there's probably about two to 3000 cars that just sit there waiting for pickups. So he's like, if you could get into that area and just fill them up while they're waiting would be a golden opportunity. So it's definitely something we're working on. But the thing is, we're not in New York. So we would have to look at that in
0: Houston and Miami, which
1: should work as well.
0: Yeah. Um, When you do the fill-up, so you have like what, a big gas truck that comes along and and dispenses into each car? Is that what it looks like?
1: So we have three different types of trucks. We have a large bobtail truck, which ends up being our distribution truck, which holds about 5,000 gallons. Consumers won't be seeing that truck. What they'll see is an F-350 customized that holds about 400 gallons, 200 of regular and 200 of premium. And our third truck, uh, which is in the making, is a 1,200 gallon truck, which will be more for the hospitals and the corporate fleets that have larger uh, p- cars parked at their locations. Interesting. Yeah.
0: Are you? Um, what about uh, flipping the model a little bit? You know, a, a mobile or a semi-mobile gas station. You know, what if you mapped out where gas stations are and where they aren't, and it was like, um, you know, those trucks where people go to eat, like they call them the roach coaches. You know, like the uh, the gas truck pulls up at a certain spot on a certain day and everyone could come and fill up from it. You know, it's there for a few so hours like, in this parking lot. Like a,
1: like, like a food truck or something like that. Just having like a, yeah, like a food truck. Yeah. Spot. Yeah. It's an interesting concept. Uh, I've definitely come up, but you know, that's kind of probably more of the on-demand program, which we're going to, uh, release in, I would say the next month or so. Um, our angle, the reason why we pulled, rolled out the on-demand later is there are a couple of competitors out there that do the on-demand model. And from our, Um, analysts and from our research, we don't see that as a standalone model working economically and logistically. It's like Mm -hmm. a nightmare. Um, But we do see it working where if we have certain properties that have, one of our properties in Houston has 15,000 cars parked at it. So we can then take that area and say within a five mile radius, we're going to do on-demand for that location. Um, So anyone that has an address within that location will be able to do on-demand. And we think that model, and as we grow with more properties and adding to on-demand, it'll work better. So it's not going to be on demand for the entire city. It's going to be like a slow rollout in certain areas of radiuses.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. Hmm. Um, But you're right. But but sorry to cut you off, but your
1: idea of uh, the the flipping it is interesting. I I never thought about that exact angle of something to talk about. Yeah, it's
0: just different ways to to slice it. And, you know, I would would think also, too, you'd be able to evaluate, um, you know, as you fill up people, you'd see some people like, you know, you don't need to fill them up all the way. Some people... You can't fill them up fast enough. So I would think over time you can correlate people's driving habits and maybe have a little questionnaire that they could fill out when they sign up, and then you'd know how much to fill them up. You could gauge. Or, if I don't know, I guess maybe there's some way, you know, also maybe in the future through the cars, computers, to see how many miles they've driven. Maybe they give you permissions for that so you'd know exactly when to fill them up, too. No, so there's there's ways to do that. And, and to be honest, there is a custom solution where you could request a specific amount versus just topping off on, on the app right now. I'm sure there's minimums, right? You don't want to like put five bucks in someone's tank in the waste. Um, well, you know, the, that's
1: where it comes a little different than the on-demand model versus having a property like Parkway that has 50,000 cars. You know, we obviously it's a volume game, but you know, once we set a schedule, if there's one car or a hundred cars or 2,000 cars at the location, we're still going to come and fill you up as long as there's an order um, because our drivers are working two, like each 24 hours a day pretty much. So there's always somebody around, yeah. um, and as long as there's business and enough demand, it should be fine. Between the properties that are, we, we kind of roll them out in intervals of three in an area, so it's not just one property alone.
0: Well, the reason I mention is I know a little bit about the garbage industry, and diesel is a huge expense to them. And if they were able to optimize their route, like you, you know, you go to a place, let's say there's a thousand cars, but you know, 150 of them, you only have to put you know a little bit of fuel in because they're full for some reason or close to full. You know, if you're able to cut out those on that stop because they just don't need filling, you'd save, I guess, the idle time and the fill time and the diesel, and it might be substantial savings for you. That's why the idea occurred to me. At some point, it would be nice if you'd know when people need filling instead of just going every so often and doing it. You know? For sure. That, that definitely, that, 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 that's
1: definitely, like I said, with the technology uh, evolving, hopefully that happens. But right now, you like the customer usually knows when, they ha- when they're when they out empty or they're close to it and they can just open up the app and order it. And, and the trucking business, yeah. like you said, for the, or the garbage business is definitely a great model. We have a fleet and corporate division, which not only gives them the ability to save the time and have like a top-off model at night where we come and do the whole fleet, we also have a back end portal, which they get to look at and has data and has all the information that's needed by each car, by each license plate. So they also could kind of make sure everyone, is, and making sure what is filled up in every car and what the cost is, it'll probably save them money and make sure no one's, Doing anything extra on their on their fuel cards or fleet cards, whatever they provide to their drivers.
0: Could you make this also like um, more of a full service pit stop? You know, you clean the windows, you replace the wiper fluid, maybe even like change the oil or something. Maybe there's something you can do within, you know, 60 seconds or two or three minute time while it's filling, and provide additional services to the person while you're there. You know, filling the car up, filling the no, tires, you know, just- something like that. You know?
1: You're 100% right, and that's part of our rollout in the future. We kind of wanted to focus on fuel, since that's something that people need the most. And then eventually as we get our customer base, we'll start offering, whether it's a car wash or, or adding uh, air to the tire or cleaning the car um, or oil change, which different costs. So we get a lot of information and requests from the actual existing customers that actually ask for that information. And they're like, when can you fill out my yeah. tires? I would pay you an extra $5 to do that or $2. Yep. Yep. So it's definitely something that we're looking for, but the question is um, when it will happen, it, it just we want to focus on the fuel right now and offer that later on, because once you get the customer in the door to offer new features and new services, it's pretty simple. they're going to use you once they are a customer.
0: Well, your average customer value would be tremendously more. like I would love that you come, clean up, but you know I'm in my car a lot, I throw stuff on the floor, you know I'd love someone to come, clean it up, fill it up, do the windows, wipe, all that stuff you know like once a week. it'll be great. Wouldn't have to worry about it. My wife wouldn't say I throw this garbage out of here, you know?
1: So all those all <laughs> the
0: services would increase the customer value over time, you know? hundred percent. And and honestly the margins are bigger on those services than
1: on the fuel and stuff. Right. But
0: so definitely uh
1: right, it's well, definitely in the works. Excellent.
0: So uh all right, so you're in Houston and Miami in certain areas, and then what's are you able to say the rollout plan for the next uh six months so, to a year or what, what else is coming? I,
1: I, It's not that I'm not at the liberty to say the roadmap, but I can give you a little bit of information on like, obviously our relationships, as I mentioned in the beginning with our clients, that they have a footprint, not only nationwide, but worldwide. So one of the benefits of that is we don't really need a sales team. We get to kind of work with our clients and see what their portfolios look like in certain cities that we believe probably drive more where they have a bigger presence. So we can kind of roll out at all their properties before we even launch a city. But like in the immediate future, I would say. Atlanta's on the roadmap, Denver's
0: on the roadmap, and Los Angeles as well. Okay. Very nice. Is there a golden city you'd love to be in that people just drive like crazy? You know, or they have a need for this more than anywhere else? Uh, that's an interesting question. I, you know, I haven't thought about the
1: specific city, but, you know, obviously there, are, there is also a difference in margin and, and, and profit that we can make within different cities. So that's also going to be taken into consideration when we choose a city. So it's not just about who drives the most. It's also about where the margins are bigger as well. Um, yeah, but sense. I would say it's, okay. like Denver is definitely a big dri- driven city. You
0: know, I think the ones I mentioned are all big uh, driving cities. Right. Okay. Well, that's great. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to you coming to uh, my neck of the woods at some point. Uh, I think it'd be a great service and, uh, you know, I hope you, you expand it like crazy. So I yeah, appreciate you coming on the podcast and telling everyone about it.
1: No, appreciate having us, and obviously anyone could reach out whether it's a consumer to have it at our property or their office space or the landlords themselves. Like we're looking to expand as quickly
0: as possible. And the best way to reach you is whether through the website gasmob.co, or what other ways? Uh,
1: gasmob is a very it's probably the easiest way. You know, I also have an email which I'm happy to give out. Um, it's adam at gasmob. and I'll answer personally. Okay. Um, but besides that, besides that, the website should do a good job.
0: All right. That's great, Adam.
1: Thanks for coming. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks for having us.
0: You have been listening to Almost Here, around the corner future technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast both to review and discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.